yo, it's finally fucking here. We are here. The Craig. The Craig. I don't even know where the fuck I'm at. Like, what did you guys even pull me <laughs> Bro, into? Bro, this, this has been... I want to say months in the making, but the real the reality is this is over a year in the making. Sean and I are talking about doing a podcast. There have been a lot of the iterations with a lot of the guys, a lot of the conversations, and somehow this shit is This was the final the team prank. right here. This, this is was it. The, this, is this is it. it. And, you know, and, uh, is we'll, we'll see what it is. I don't know how to do a fucking podcast. I, I know this motherfucker doesn't know how to do a podcast. But I have a feeling you do, but... Well, yeah, you know. a little bit. A little bit. What's up with all this Air One shit, though? Um. It's like, yeah, they're, they're, you know what I mean. I'm not even on their fucking payroll. I just stopped there, and I was like, I, I real, I recognize that you know it is probably pandering to the people that I want to. You're gonna put some public me, pressure on them. They're gonna have to reach out to you I'm now like, and be like, all right, no, let's I work out all, a product placement all, deal. I was all set up, you know. I got myself set up, but there is a cigar that's uh, Romeo Julio. Okay, okay. There is some other shit that's not product placement, but it's not product placement. It's just as long as your car just, is not wrapped in the, Air One, like your car says. No, Air no, One. but okay. it's it is the only place I eat, man. You know okay. what I mean? But we can get into my dietary restrictions on the on the next episode when gotcha, we bring in gotcha. the diet specialist. Um, the Cray, the man, Cray. the Cray. I am Rob Weiss. I am O'Neill McKnight, and I am Sean Chase. And this is the Cray. I mean, I guess I could give a little bit of background on how we landed on the Cray. You yep. know, uh, Sean and I went out to lunch with the, I believe he's the founder of Podcast yep. One, Norm Patterson, and we were talking. We had, like I said, we had had multiple conversations with other people about podcasts. And Norm looked at us and he goes, you know what? You guys are fucking crazy. Yeah, yeah. You're fucking crazy. I think all your fucking <laughs> friends are crazy. And you guys I don't know if there was as many F-bombs in there, but yeah. He was like, you are fucking crazy and you should do a show called The Crazies. He did say that. Yeah, and I'm he pretty sure dro- he dropped an F-bomb, <laughs> okay, you know? I mean, I don't know. What is, what is he I was like, enjoying uh, my like, Caesar salad, so I don't know. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Pull side, so yeah. um, basically, we started to look at it and it was like, you know what? It wasn't so much about... You know, I mean, obviously, I have a little crazy in me, of course, and I think everybody has a little crazy of in course. them. And I'm, I'm not trying to like make a joke about like the stigma of real mel- mental health. Yeah, yeah. At situations, but I think that even, you know, there is a certain amount of levity in the craziness that we deal with, right? You know what I mean? Meaning, yeah. everybody's got idiosyncrasies. Everybody's just a little bit kind of like off or you know yeah. a little bit has a little bit of a different thing a little unique vibe I that mean, all the people may interpret is fucking banana dude we're living, in crazy, we're living in crazy times at the end of the day like, bro there's, 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 there's no way around that you, you know you what mean, I mean I mean there's no way around in the, our the, lifetime the reality it won't be as crazy as it is now uh, no like there, it, it, it won't so you know we were like we were like yo let's do a show that chops it up about that that week after week it's not, it's not about getting inside of the crazy but it's like you know let's have like really cool fucking guests yeah. We were willing to share some of the crazy shit about life and you crazy know, and, stories. Yes, absolutely, and um, you know, and, and and just have some fucking fun, man. Keep it real and, and and be honest and transparent about all these wild things that are going on in life. But but yeah, I think honesty is a key word. But you know, there you go. So this is a safe place to be crazy. Crazy. Uh, depends. It depends Crane. on how crazy how you want to get. Yeah. Because some motherfuckers tried to get cray and it was not a safe place for yeah. them. Because I'm just trying to figure out is, that, is there like a, a cray meter? Like, 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 do you ever go over the cray meter? I think I think when people are self-aware, 
they know when they've crossed the line of Cray. Okay, okay. That's true. There is a line to all Cray. And okay. anybody who's ever been in a relationship Understand. knows that. And I'm not saying it's like men looking at women. I'm saying yeah. it's women looking at men too. Like, yo, my man fucking lost his shit. Yeah. Or you know what I mean? Yeah. You know that, especially when you're dealing with other people, people can push you and it There's moves. a thin line. But there is a line. Got you. I just it's a make fine sure. line. It's a fine line. So now, is there a fine line for us in the Cray space? I don't know, but you know, for the audience, they're going to know if we've crossed that fine line of Cray because they'll come to the next episode and one of us won't be. <laughs> That's when you know we'll cross okay, the line. One okay, of us won't be at the fucking table. And you'll be like, let me make, nah, let me Rob's, make a note Rob's out. We have, a, we have a note from Rob. Uh, oh, I have appendicitis. I am so sorry. And then two weeks later, I'll be like, Oh, I, I'm going to relinquish my spot on the crane. <laughs> on the crane. But, yo, I, listen, man. I mean, the reality is the world is fucking far from perfect. Yeah. We ain't perfect. Nobody's perfect. Yeah. I don't give a shit. I don't need people to tell me, like, oh, this motherfucker did this. I know. I get it. We all got our shit. So let's let's let's, let's fucking have some fun, man. Let's have some Bullshit fun. with some cool-ass people. Yep. And fortunately, we met these amazing people um, that were introduced to us. To be our title sponsors, Macari. An incredible, incredible... Have you, have you actually used Macari yourself before? No, I was like doing all this research. So it's like basically I can sell this shirt that I you have could, on right it's, now. It's, it's, it's pretty amazing, actually. You could actually buy and sell anything on there. I mean, like from clothing to electronics to home goods. I mean, it's... It's it's pretty remarkable, and you know, considering we've been living at home for the last year and a half, now things are starting to open up. You know, you see so many people that were sitting on gold mines of stuff that they can't use, they can't wear, they can't yeah. go out with. No one's going out, and you know, the, the, the app, it's, it's pretty hilarious. I mean, it's a pretty amazing platform when you think about it. They got like three hundred thousand uh, new listings every day, which is like a staggering statistic to me. Yeah, um, you think and, like like through the pandemic, they just like exploded. Yeah. And you they know? Got, like, I know 50, they have like fifty million store, downloads. Fifty million downloads. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Like it's it stands out to you. Like whoa. Wait a minute, fifty million? Yes. Oh, that's downloads. insane. Yeah, it's, that's it's outrageous. Yeah. I don't know. From, you know, we'll see what kind of what kind of job we all do on this. Because if any one of us suck, I think the other two should ship that motherfucker. <laughs> <on the> <laughs> ship them, ship them somewhere to somebody else's fucking podcast. Uh, yo, they're outstanding people. They've been amazing to work with. You know, they've been so supportive in in, in the development process of this vision. You know, I mean, I have and a we got five, a really cool store. Kit, yeah. We got a store, the Cray store on Mercari. That. We'll talk more about that at the end when we yeah. wrap it up. But basically, part of part of what we're doing is that our guests will be donating personal items that have a little bit of a story or a history or some value to them. Oh, that's nice. We'll be selling it on um, Macari in our store, and the proceeds will be given toward, uh, I believe it's Children's Hospital the Children's LA. Hospital, LA. Nice, Correct. nice, nice. So, you know, but yeah, they're, they're amazing. You know, I my, my son's five years old. He's growing super fast. You know, a lot of our stuff, we obviously pass on to other families with younger kids. And, um, you know, some of the stuff you keep is keepsakes. But all those things that have value to us, I would certainly, if I was going to sell them, I would sell them via Macari. Gotcha. Because right. right now we have like a huge box of dolls. And my wife is like, what are we doing with all these dolls? Bro, yeah. you've been holding on to those Cabbage Patch dolls since you were... <laughs> I don't want to get... two years old. You should fucking sell them as an NFT, bro. Oh, God. <laughs> we're, gonna, we're not doing the whole NFT cryptocurrency conversations. Uh, 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 I say that now. Yeah. I'll go down a list of shit that we're not going to do on the show. 
and I bet we do every one of those fucking things <laughs> by the eighth week. I'm like, we're not talking cryptocurrency yeah. three weeks from now. I'm like, oh, we have the master yeah, so of cryptocurrency <laughs> in here. You know, so, but uh, yeah, of course. I think the dolls are exactly, I think that's what they're built for. You know what I mean? Macari's like the place for things that you value to be shared with other people who will value. Oh, I what, love that. What, I love yeah. that. I yeah, love they had a dope it's, ass it's Super Bowl it's like, spot. It's like breathing like new it. life into an item that, you know, like, like let's just say for – like, I mean, there's, there's so many shoes that I'm obsessed with that I've outgrown them. And I wish I can dude, still don't, wear don't, them. Don't even, and I'm OCD, so I keep everything in mint condition. I'm the same way. Yeah. Dude, don't talk about growing feet. My, my arches <laughs> fell. So I was literally like a seven and a half. And I was happy to have some. Yo, you know what's yeah. so sick is we have uh, Dr. John Podiatrist coming in next week. He's going to be on the show. Dude, he can talk to you about arch support. Yo, my feet, the arches fell, and now we're like an eight and a half, nine. Really? Yeah. I've always been flat-footed, man, so I wouldn't even know what it's like to be a lucky motherfucker with arches, you know yes. what I mean? But, <laughs> but you know what, man? Like, I, I gave up my hopes of being a handed foot model a long time yeah, ago. Yeah, me too. You know, I think we talked about the Macari shit to death. Because even like the Macari people are probably listening to us, like, all right, stop talking about Macari, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you sold it, don't buy it back. Yeah, no. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, uh, yo, you know, we get some fucking amazing guests coming on, and, you know, and. I'm super excited. You know, for people who don't know, Sean Chase, uh, you know, you have a hospitality background, worked right, with right. SBE, opening your own place now. Yes. Manage MMA fighters, do the marketing for them. Try to do a little bit of everything. You yeah, know? yeah. That's, that's what we got to do these days. You, you gotcha. know, you got to. You gotta kind of have your hand in everything. Uh, you know, Shaq made like ten percent of his money from basketball, like which is crazy to me. I'm like, the guy has a hand in everything. You know, he's just always grinding, always hustling, always looking for the next, you know, endeavor and. So what's your point? You don't want to have to rely on your snowboarding career anymore. Exactly. No, <laughs> snowboarding. Yeah, I want to kind of have you know, just throw. It's like roulette. You know, yeah, I yeah, just yeah. Throw a bunch of throw a bunch of chips on. A bunch I don't of know, man. Yeah, for me, it was kind of like. You know, for sure, I think I definitely look for, like, you know, opportunities, different revenue streams. But I'm also looking for a way, especially between shows right now, to have a voice and communicate and be able to talk about ideas and sit with cool people and, you know, shed a little yeah. bit of light. Right. You know, I think during the, uh, like I said, we've been talking about a podcast for a while, a bunch of different conversations. I wasn't completely sold on it. And then a friend got it took me, me a lot of convincing. Yeah. But then a friend got me on Clubhouse, and I started to go on Clubhouse, and I was I felt myself like interacting in this kind of engagement. And you'd be like, "Holy shit, there's 300 people in the room, 500 people in the room. Oh shit, you're talking to 700 people." And then you start to get a little more comfortable having conversations that are live. Now, obviously, this isn't live; it's taped, and we could edit, and we could do whatever we want. But once you start to get comfortable in that format, you start to really. Feel the engagement, right? Yeah. So Doug Elling and I, Doug, we worked together on the show Entourage. Doug created it. For people who don't know, that's what I do. I'm a writer, director, producer. I did Entourage Ballers. He only did like three of the most popular yeah, shows. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's history. only Whatever, done like the, you know, the, the best shows on TV. But I'm like, you know, I'm a behind-the-scenes guy, right? You know, so, you know, it's obviously it's a little bit of a transition to even be here doing a podcast. But Doug and I had hosted a room on Clubhouse. That was sponsored by a company called Maven's List. They asked us to do one hour a week for four weeks. We did it. And, it, you know, we started talking about, which was kind of like funny in a way. We were talking about panic attacks, right? How we both experienced panic attacks in our early 20s. I'm a few years older than Doug, so I had him first, you know, and I went running into the hospital south. That's why I was like, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. 
And his friend was in there for a hockey injury, you know? And I'm not, like, a lightweight guy, so those kids would think, like, you know, I would walk around thinking I had, like, swagger. Yeah. Chip on my shoulder. I'm, like, a tough guy. And now the hockey guy's in there with the hockey injury. He's like, dude, what do you mean you can't breathe? I'm like, I'm fucking the fuck out. <laughs> and I'm, like, fucking, like, 20 years old. The guy's, the like, head, half the guy's scalp yeah. is hanging yeah, off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so, <laughs> so I, ear. I don't know what a panic attack is. I don't know shit, right? So I find out, basically, I go through therapy. And at one point, I thought I was losing my mind. And my psychiatrist in New York was like, do you really want to see what that looks like? And he got me a job actually doing volunteer work at South Nassau Hospital in the – in the – what is the proper way to call that ward? The psych ward. The yes, psych ward. Yeah, yeah. You know, to, to work in there. And I did that for a few months on Saturdays and I was like, shit, all right, I'm not losing my mind. Like I'm actually just going through some issues, yeah, right? Some change, you know that, right? Yeah. right? That I worked through, but anyway. So and then Doug, when I made this movie amongst friends, when I came out, Doug had had a panic attack, and you know he was trying to figure out his path and everything like that. I was able to tell him a little bit about it. My like, bro, you had a panic attack. So anyway, the the the, the, the point of the story is that the boat, the two of us had suffered these things, yeah. right? We're far beyond it now. I'm not saying I don't get anxiety from time to time. Everybody does. I mean, of course, depends on what you're dealing we live with. In, you we know live in LA. I mean? Yeah, we live in a crazy fucking time, yeah. the cray world, right? We're cray world. That's the seventh, seventh time. It's fucking empty. It, uh, and each God. time I hold my breath for a split second thinking there's coffee in it. And then it just goes, boop. Dude, I keep pushing away from it's, the table. It's, it's a fucking prop, all right? Okay, okay. It's just yeah. a prop. No, I drank it all. But it's going to be out of sequence as things. So people are going to be like, I don't Now we step in the fucking thing 20 minutes ago. <laughs> oh, there, there you go. go. That the Air one, one prop, that, that was not. Even Steve's cracking up in the booth. Like, what the fuck is going on? Listen, man. I never said I was fucking perfect, all right? But what I'm saying is the world is cray. There is fucking cray. Yes. So anyway, um, you know, we we had done this room, you know, and we talked about that stuff. And then Doug does Victory, the podcast. Um, <laughs> you know, and we went on. Doug was like, you should come on and we should talk about the panic attack. So we did it. And it was amazing. Like, again, you know, we're not like fucking Dwayne Johnson talking about panic attacks. You yeah. get 750,000 responses. But we got hundreds of DMs and people writing us saying like, whoa, that really affected me. I suffer from this. And, you know, you guys shed light on certain things. Yeah. and. And there was like, uh, you know, there was like a feeling like, well, that, that's pretty fucking cool. That was pretty cool to connect with people. Right. And pretty cool to actually be able to share with them. And if it really did make any change for anybody or help in any way, there's that sense that you were altruistic, right? So I would hope that we do that on this podcast is that we take the opportunities we have with the guests that we have, even if it's just the three of us. That through all the shit talk and all the fucking funny shit about the crazy world, that we actually uh, look for the opportunities to show a little bit of a uh, substance and depth and sophistication of thoughts. So. There you go. Well, and said. I'm Rob Weiss, and I'm done. You guys can handle yeah. the guests. <laughs> hey, hey, there you go. <laughs> you know. Speaking of the guests, we got some amazing guests today. Uh, you know, some some OGs of Podcast One who agreed to sit with us today and shed some light and some knowledge on how. You know, we can get this show to to be as successful, hopefully, as as they're you know as they are. But I think uh, they're probably just thinking they're going to teach us how to get through it. You know what I mean? In one piece, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you know don't what know. I mean? I don't know. Does anybody got the secret sauce to how to make a fucking 
couple Listen, guys. Like, I mean, if, you know, there's, if, there, if there is a secret sauce, these three individuals have it. You know, we For got sure. we got Adam Carolla, who's you know one of the first guys to ever do a podcast. If not, yeah, he was he's, he's, I mean, right? he's OG. If he's not the OG. first, we got yeah. I was on his show. I did a, I did like a five minute segment on the show. They like it was like they just like brought me in and they asked me some questions and then they just it's like, like quick, removed. Right? They're just so removed. they're so quick. But yo, I fucking love them, man. You go in there, you go all right. That that's that's the perfect example, at least in terms of podcasts, of a well oiled. Oh yeah, that's what yeah, I was yeah, yeah. They're like, so there's well oiled on producers. Yeah, and yeah engineers they're so and, well oiled that you're in and out like you're that. It's like, you're like whoa. I didn't and even... I remember going there and I'm sitting in like you know he's got a whole building. I forgot where it is, but it's like in Glendale or something, a little where outside the city. And I remember going in there and they were just sick fucking vintage sports cards. And I was like, oh, this motherfucker's killing it. Oh, yeah, he's killing it. He's Next killing level. it in the pod game and in every game, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, because I don't think Mangria is buying that shit. It could buy that shit, but I don't know, you know what I mean? <laughs> Yo, Mangria is all sh- on shelves, man. I see that everywhere. Oh, so. maybe it's doing it. I just, yeah. I never really drank Sangria, so, and I don't know anybody. I, I know a couple people in summertime that would that take some Sangria. Right, right, right. But you know who I'm excited about? I'm excited about Perez Hilton. Yes. We share the same. Yeah. Birthdays. So I'm all about birthdays and shit. Yes, so yeah. I'm super excited. The man about... who single-handedly disrupt the industry with oh, all the yeah. tabloids and stuff. He put all he put us weekly and these guys yeah. in the back seat. Yeah. And it was all of a sudden you're checking. I was like 17 years old checking Perez. Yeah, it's crazy. it's crazy. Wow, Isn't that amazing though? Because it really showed that you know he he changed with the time concurrently with the time shift. Meaning yes. like. Yeah. It wasn't even like he was looking at it and he's like, oh, this is dated. Let me move forward. The opportunity came yes. to said, get information quicker and to share information quicker. Right. And Perez literally and he was didn't at the care who it that. was. Like, it's not like he's like, oh, I'm going to be biased to the people. You know, like, I don't like he just he said, listen, I'm going to I'm going to treat everyone the same. He treated and everyone that, you know? the same. Everybody was on the same scale. Right. You know what I mean? And that's why I love the bottom. And literally, you know, I, I, I start I stopped buying Us Weeklies and OK Magazines because he was just on it. It was on it. Yeah. You know, if, if, was, he, if he wasn't talking about it, yeah. then it wasn't new. If it happened, it would be on there within the hour. Yeah. Like, yeah it, it was, was crazy. It's pretty insane. Yeah. But I mean, the guess that for me personally, as a lifelong Laker fan, you know, I'm beyond excited to be sitting down with Robert Ory, who... You know, Big Shot Rob. I mean, to me, I would consider it the greatest game-winning buzzer beater in history was when he, you know, he he beat the Kings in game five, no, game four. Uh, and it, that was the reason the Lakers went on to get the three P. I I mean, this is a guy that, to me, I've never... Staples Center has always been that bougie basketball arena where the fans are all these celebrities that are trying yeah. to be seen. You know, yeah. and you see it. I mean, like, you know, the Staples Center is not the loudest arena and, you know, not even close. But, you know, we've got diehard Laker fans. But our diehard fans sit, you know, they're not... They can't afford $20,000 seats, you know, on the floor. So... But I'll never forget like that that era of the three P with Shaq, Kobe, Rob, you know, Big Shot Rob. I'll never forget when Robert Ory hit that buzzer beater, and because I mean the Kings were on their way. They were on their way after getting beat by us year after year. They were like, all right, you know what? They came to play. They were up two one in the series, about to go up three one, and the Lakers clawed their way back. Shaq and Kobe couldn't get the final you know shot and the tipping, and Big Shot Rob. The game went. I'll never forget the way the crowd exploded and the ball boy. Sprinting across the court, jumping onto the to wow. the mosh pit, you know, with the Laker team. It was, it's it was a, a you know, man. Moment. It's amazing that there's just you know there's certain people that are clutch people. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like we like you know, Sean and I are both huge MMA fans. Sean does a lot of work with some amazing fighters, some of which will be on the show. Um, you know, and there's some amazing fighters who choke. Yeah, right. The choke. The you know, everybody's choked at some point in their life. You know. 
but you know guys who can consistently show up like Ori and 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 like hit it in the fucking clinch. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. And it's just and like you see his like his his demeanor. He's just like. Everyone else is like, oh my god! He's just like, yeah, yeah, because I do but it. I, I think those, I think those are the guys that do it. Guys who get in like a kind of flow zone, yeah, where it's not they're so out of their head, they just kind of. But to be able to be under that it. kind of pressure and still be able to perform, but right. I think you got to not. I mean, I think you got to not know you're under pressure. <laughs> well, you got to look, just, man. Yeah. There's some guys know. that just are immune to it, man. Yeah. And Bishop yeah. Rob is one of those guys. He's just no matter. The stakes, no matter yeah, guys where, love it, whether right? it's on the road, we got twenty thousand people booing you. Whether you're at home, and you got twenty thousand people cheering you. He, yeah, he makes it look so effortless. I remember it got to a point where he was hitting game winners so often that, like, I went. I remember the first one. I was like, "Oh my god!" And it got to a point. I was like, "Yep, that's that's just that's just yeah, yeah that's just what you it know, is." You stop cheering so much. You're yeah. like, "That's just yeah. the balls in his hand." In the final second that is that's it. You know, it was, it. it was like Kobe. You know, towards the end where you're like, "Oh." That's a better chance that we have to win in this game than anyone else, you know. Wow. So I'm excited. All right, well, I'm let's excited. let's do it, man. Yeah, let's let's do get it. into some conversations with some of these guys. Let's dial them up. See if somebody'll jump. Yeah, on we the got we got horn. Corolla coming on right now. Let's uh, let's get connected with him. Yo, Yo Adam, what's going, going on? It? It's Rob Weiss. How good are you, doc- man? Oh, good talk to you, Rob. Good. Thanks for uh, letting me join. Yo, I was on your show before. I don't know if you remember. I was kind of in and out very quickly. Do you remember? No, that? you were here. Uh, I don't know, two and a half months ago. No, it was like like three years ago. But it, yo, it was no. fucking awesome, man. Because you know what? I, I didn't know shit about podcasts at the time, and I met your producer. I believe his name was Hunter. Right? Is that is was that his name? The producer you guys no. had? No. All right, it's gonna come back to me who it was. But I met him, and he was like, he was like, yo, you should come on Corolla. I was like, all right. I pictured like walking into some little room with you know a couple people, you. And I get there, and it's like just this enormous kind of, it's like a stage with with the you know with the with the sound boots and the cars, and it was like a full on experience. So I think after that, it was always kind of my head like, if I did a pod, I wanted to be like that, you know. But thanks. I, I mean, cl- that. clearly we're not there yet. We're kind of low tech and low fi right now. We got fucking our producer Alistair standing there with a laptop. <laughs> holding it and I can't even see your face because he's got some fucking either. thing over the screen <laughs> that he's got to fix but you know I wanted to ask you a couple questions we all did because obviously this is our first episode and um, you know you're the OG of the game legitimately I think you're probably the first big podcast at least that I know are we too fucking late um, you know that question when I was uh I was talking to someone about uh, nine years ago with this, and he was telling me, you know, the whole podcast market, it's too saturated, uh, it's too late, like I'm too late to the game. And that was that was nine years ago. There's been a million successful podcasts since then. So it's kind of like saying you've got a really killer spiked seltzer. Right. And, uh and you go, but there's already 10 other Spike Seltzers out there. Like, am I too late to the game? And if your Spike Seltzer sucks, then you're always too late to the game. Like, right. even if you're first of the game. Right. If you have a really killer product, then you're never too late for the game. I mean, I don't care if you're selling pizzas or podcasts or booze. Right. You know, there's a million gins. There's a million... How many tequila brands are they? Well, it's you know, exactly. it's, it's crazy because I actually wanted to talk to you about that. I remember I was at uh, Seth MacFarlane's house for not the name drop, but I'm probably going to do a lot of that on the show anyway. 
But I was at McFarland's for some birthday party, and they had your man Gria. They had it set up there. And yeah. I was like, so, you know, it's kind of interesting you say that because the tequila field is super saturated. I know a lot of people that could keep coming up with brands. And I think those brands are sort of driven by the celebrities that are behind them, right? They have, like, strong social media presence, and they're pushing, they're pushing, and pushing. But when it comes to the niche of, like, doing a sangria, which you did, is kind of relatable to podcasts because you say, what is the niche that's not filled, right? Like, so for us, approaching this, we're like, what aren't people talking about? How do we find, like... That, that, that like nuanced kind of like piece of conversation that's, you know, that's just not being touched on. Now, obviously, I don't think we fucking discovered it yet because we're officially 30 seconds into our podcast. <laughs> but, you know, I, I'm like, I'm hopeful that, you know, it's going to come in the future. You know what I mean? But how's the, how's the uh, man Gria doing? It's it's doing great. You can go to CorollaDrinks.com if you want to check out. We got a rye whiskey there and a few other varieties as well. Right. You know, the, the, the thing about it is, I mean, you have to be sort of be philosophical about things, which is you should do a podcast because you want to do a podcast like you want to work with children. You're not, not because you want to get rich or you're going to open – a chain of child care facilities or something. You should <laughs> right. just have a passion for something, you know? And right. when I did podcasting, there was no business model to it at all. And I just did it for free. Right. And, I, and it wasn't even for free. It cost me $9,000 a month in bandwidth back right. then. So I was like, bur I was burning up all this bandwidth I had to pay for. And there was no revenue stream whatsoever. And I did a daily podcast, too. I didn't do it, you know, once a week or twice a week. So I was like, I'm going to do this just because that's what I do. <clears throat> and if the money shows up, the, the money shows up. And, right. you know, it's trite and it's kind of everyone talks about it when they philosophize about life. But, you know, whether it's playing music or doing a podcast or, or telling jokes, like do it because you do it. Usually you get rewarded monetarily at some point, but. Be philosophical. Just go, right. I do it because yeah. this is what I do. Yeah, I agree. I think it was, you know, we met Norm Pettis, who obviously know Norm, you know, and, and we met him. Uh, I met him through Sean, and he was like, listen, you're a crazy motherfucker. Sounds like all your, your friends are crazy. You guys should do a show called The Crazies. And we started thinking about it, and our friends really are characters. They do interesting things in the world at different levels, different socioeconomic levels at that. And we're like, yo, it would be kind of fun to have that. So it really did start organically not as a business play but just as an extension of me being in the entertainment field and you know thinking that we could have fun with it and we could create fun content then i actually did an episode of victory the podcast with doug allen because i you know obviously i was a i was a writer exec producer on entourage and we were talking about panic attacks and then we were talking about my panic attacks as a kid doug's panic attacks as a kid and we were just getting like dozens, if not hundreds of DMs from people going, thank you for shedding light on this. And then all of a sudden, the, like the reality of potential altruism came into it. You know what I mean? So you start to go, if we could be fucking sit with our crazy friends, talk about the craziest shit that's happened to us, how fucking world, you know, is crazy, you know, fucking nuts. Certain parts of it. Yeah. 
you know, and we could do that and help people in some way. Great, you know. Well, I'm I'm here, uh, Adam, because uh, my wife is Jewish and she made me do it. So I didn't have a, uh, that much say in, in in the situation. And and another thing, your birthday is May 27th. My daughter' birthday is May 27th, and my late mother is May 27th. So you're a Gemini, so we already in a good place. Uh, I'm probably somewhere age-wise in between your deceased mom and your daughter. I'm, 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 I do the math on it. Yeah. I pray your mom died older than uh, 57. Uh, um, although you can't tell with the brothers. They either go super young or super old. There yeah. doesn't seem to be an in-between there. Yeah, because I'm 76. Uh, no, it's, no, it's, it's blue singer math that I've done. Yeah, we, we, got, I, we know, got a good we – got, we got, we're, cross, we're crossing decades here. I'm the oldest. He's second oldest. He's the third oldest, you know, but uh, I'm uh, still trying well, to – I'm the third still, oldest. I'm the youngest. Well, he's yeah, the youngest. Yeah, he's the third oldest. I'm just going to try to stay young. And there's a lot of diversity in the room. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm black. I converted to Judaism, you know – uh, Rob is Jewish. You're, you're Persian, all right. That's true. You're, you're Persian, yeah, yeah. so you know it's like the United Benetton up in this motherfucker. <laughs> That's funny, man. I, uh, yeah. I cured Doctor Drew of a panic attack. Speaking of panic attack, is that is that true? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I have I have a way to cure them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I you know, I think I honestly really do too. I have a, a lot of different ways that I, I've worked with people. I mean, I'm again like just purely just on a friendly basis, you know what I mean. But a lot of it is breathing techniques for me. You know, it's a lot about also understanding this is outside of hypnosis, obviously, which I think works too for some people. But I think a lot of it is understanding just at the root of anxiety. The anxiety I would have a lot of times would be driven by like caffeine consumption you know what i mean and just constantly just jacking myself up and my wiring was a little bit nuts if i walked into a place and there was flickering fluorescence i would fucking unravel you know and be crazy but i think that once you know that at the root of real anxiety are control issues that it's your need to control something you can't control like the fucking universe you could diminish it a little bit but i'd love to hear what, what like you know if you have the extra couple minutes i'd love to hear how you did it we were doing Love Line on MTV a million years ago, and we used to gang tape those shows. We do like three or four shows in a day, and we just tape on Thursdays and Fridays, I think. But we'd we'd have a full, we'd do like four one-hour shows in a day. Can you imagine that after working on Entourage, you know, doing an hour of content? We'd do an hour of content in an in an hour. That that's like how it broke down, and uh, I was the host, and Drew was the co-host, or we co-host the show together. And I think John Favreau came on on like show two, gave Drew a hard time, and for some reason, when we're starting show three, I was like, "Where's Doctor Drew?" And he's like, he, "He's in his dressing room." And I showed up to his dressing room, and he was like breathing into a paper bag. I've done that and before. There's a there's a little crowd around him. And I said, uh, what's going on here? And he said, uh, he's having a panic attack. So I'm from North Hollywood. I work construction my whole life. I didn't I didn't even know there was such a thing as a panic attack. Well, you're not Jewish. I thought it was, thought it was made up. <laughs> yeah, my friends would have beat the shit out of you if you told me you're having right. a panic attack. So I just looked at Drew and I go, we got two more shows to do. We got two more hour-long shows to tape today. And, he's, and everyone looked at me and went, well, he's having a panic attack. I just said, Drew, get your ass out of this fucking dressing room. Go to the stage, sit in your chair, and have your fucking panic attack on your chair. 
I'll do all the talking. I'll interview the guests. We're going to start the show. I don't want to get it all backed up. It's Friday. The weekend's coming up. I worked all week. Get your ass up. Go sit in that chair. We'll start the show. If you're having a panic attack, you're having a panic attack. I do all the talking anyway. So get up there and let's go. And he just got up and sat in the chair. And I said, start rolling. Here we go. And we just started. And his panic attack just went away. Yeah, you know what? That's it. That's it. That's it. There's There's only two forms of ways to deal, man. And that's just, you know. Uh, enabling. Well, I, I'm not gonna say enabling. I would say like extreme nurturing, which could borderline enabling, and then tough love. I'm a tough love guy, also. You know, I come from a long lineage of tough love people, so you know that's speaking the of, same fucking way I would have done. Speaking of it, which, man. Adam, tell us about your book, your your latest book, uh, Emotional Support Animal: uh, Navigating Our All Woke No Joke Culture. Sean oh, didn't just read that, that off his phone. Oh, no, you tell I, by the I way, memorized that yeah, title. Yeah, yeah. In my head. <laughs> uh, Made it sound so natural. I wrote the book, uh, came out about a year ago. I wrote it about a year and a half ago. And I just started looking around at all the wokesters out there and how, you know, everyone was getting canceled and cancel culture and comedians who are scared to tell jokes. And I just said, this is bullshit. So I'm just going to write a book that would basically get me canceled. And, uh, <laughs> And, and I did. And you know, the thing that's kind of interesting about books is if you say things into a microphone, you can get canceled. And it, nowadays you say stuff up on stage, you can get canceled. But when you write a book, you can say whatever you yeah, want. Yeah, because nobody fucking reads them. <laughs> that's right. No nobody reads books. It. Maybe with audibles you get canceled. But the reality is you can't really get canceled because you create content you bring it to your audience. What people need to understand yeah, absolutely. is that the only, what, what happens is, is the trollers make the decision to cancel, right? It's a new form of bully culture. Let's bully right. people that we think are powerful enough to bully us. They gang up. Corporations panic. Yep. And the corporations just make you persona non grata. Cancellation effective. At, you know what I mean? If, you, if sure. you are creating content that you deliver to your audience... Then they they can't fucking cancel you, you know. I mean, listen, I mean theoretically, you know, you could be canceled, canceled off the planet, but you know, I mean, it's like anything could happen. But you know, I think that you know you have a very loyal audience, and you do great stuff and make great content, and you know, we're grateful that you joined us for definitely a couple well, of minutes, it, man. And it, it look any parting advice, yeah. If 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 you want to be the host of the Bachelorette. You can get canceled, right? Exactly. If you want to be a, if you want to be a stand-up comedian, you want to create content. You want to be an author. You want to be a painter. It's it's hard to cancel that, you know. Right. So, show business has gigs, and if you get that gig hosting a game show, then you can easily be canceled. Right. But if you create your own show and you create your own content and you sort of build. You know, if it's right. a sort of element, like when you're a kid, like, I got to play, it's my ball. Right, you know, yeah. Go find your ball, right. essentially. So you yeah, I mean, you know, play. I mean, we're going to jump in a minute. We know you you had limited amount of time. But, I, you know, when, when Louis C.K. got canceled, um, you know, I was like, that is, out of all the people that have been canceled, that's the guy who can make a bat. Oh, why do you think he can make a bat? Sure. I go, because he's a comedian. He gets up on a stage. Mm -hmm. His fans either show up or they don't show up. That is the ultimate sign of being canceled is the loss of all of your support, right? A loss of your audience. 
But he well, did a show like, when they showed they, up. They tried to cancel Chick-fil-A, but Chick-fil-A makes a killer chicken sandwich. That's what everybody says. I don't eat it, but everybody everybody says, yo. But if, I was with two Chick-fil-A, friends about that the other day. They love it. I had some if today. Chick-fil-A made a shitty chicken sandwich, then you could cancel it. <laughs> right, right, right. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. So be good at your job and maybe keep your mouth shut and, you know, and we'll, we'll get through this. Adam, thank you so much, man. We'd love to see you again in the future. Thanks for, you know. Coming up, hey, you know, my coming pleasure. On show. Anytime, guys. Best Appreciate of luck. You. Awesome, Thanks, Thank you. Thanks, Thanks so much. Man. Thank Thanks, you. guys. All right. Yo, Perez, what's going on, man? I'm Hello. Rob Weiss. Nice to meet you. Sean Chase. O'Neal McKnight. We share the same birthday, March 23rd, by the way. Oh, awesome. <laughs> yeah, Aries. I thought you just said you had the same birthday as Adam Carolla. No, Adam he Carolla had the daughter same birthday and his as late my mother. daughter and my late mother. Yeah, Perez oh, and I had the same. We have the yeah. same birthday, March twenty third. We're Aries. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Yo, Perez, man, I've been a fan of yours for a long time. You know, I'm not a big gossip column like reader that kind of audience, but I always liked your persona back in the day. Uh, you know, Thank we, you. we launched Entourage right around the time that you started doing your blog, right around let's say early two thousands. And I remember how you were shifting the game. Yep. And I mean, we want to talk to you obviously about the podcast, but I want to talk a little bit about your past also. But I remember, you know, prior to you, it was super Us Magazine and it was all the tabloids yep. and how all the young PR girls, like I was super tight with Lizzie Grubman was one of my best friends. And I know, you know, Lizzie and that whole crew, you know, and like they were like how it was all constructed. Then you started this whole blogger movement where people were able to come in with information that was super immediate. And it just changed the game. Because, you know, I dated a celebrity in my 20s. And I remember, like, we'd be online at the, you know, I lived with Shannon Doherty between 90210 till Charmed. But I remember I'd be in the supermarket with her and we'd get Us Magazine, we'd see what was in there. But when you exploded, everything was just right there on the internet yep. almost in immediate time. Right. right. So, I mean, I think it was pretty incredible, you know? I mean... I, you know, I'd like to know how you were able to transition from that period into the new period of of uh, podcasting. I've listened to your pod, and how has that changed? Well, the podcast is a different beast because, you know, with my website, which I still do, and with social media, it's all about being as Im- even more immediate. Like it's about as quick as right, possible, right. Yeah. which can be overwhelming all the time and exhausting. Um, but what I love about podcasting is it's I, I I compare it to like drinking wine. You savor it. You go into the meat and potatoes of it all, and the viewers and listeners of podcasts expect that. So it's a it's a it's an experience unlike any other. And also, I think it's a wonderful opportunity for me to connect with the people that have been supporting me for 17 years right. so they can hear me or see me and really get to know me. Right. So what you're saying is we should get into every fucking detail, man. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, we don't some, have to. But, 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 but I'm saying it is that is kind of the value is the opportunity to communicate things on like hit the macro but get super micro on it. You know what I mean? I don't consume wine like you. I don't drink anymore, but when I consume wine, I didn't really savor it. I just drank yeah. the shit, bro. I'm like, well, do I drink bottles? You know? But I understand the, like how to savor a nuance of something. Yeah. If we were on a TV show, if we were all on the talk or the view, 
you're lucky if you get a five minute segment or a seven minute segment. Uh, so you have to cram everything in there, right. especially because there's multiple hosts and they have to ask their questions. But on a podcast, you know, on my show this week, my co-host used to date Jennifer Lopez's sister back in the day. And he was sharing this awesome story about going gambling with Ben Affleck back in the oh, day. Man. I think oh, I wow. listened to part of it, man. Who is it? It's a comedian, right? Uh, he's a radio legend. His name is Chris Booker. Right, right, right. right. I listened yeah, 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 to yeah, some yeah. of it yesterday, man, the whole J-Lo thing. And I was yeah, kind of like, like... I was I was just riveted. Like, I usually am not the kind to right. just be silent, but I was just saying nothing. And I'm like, tell me more. I want to hear <laughs> yeah, more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, it was funny, man. It was like, funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah the parts like, I heard, yeah. Fun and fabulous about, about podcasting for me. Right. And also, you know, it's it's a show. You know, it's 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 entertainment in a different way yeah got you and not everybody can do it you know that's why most podcasts first of all don't make money right and most podcasts suck and most podcasts don't last very long right Right. i've been doing mine for six years so what you're just saying is i shouldn't get comfortable in this (laughs) well i would say before the electric gets turned (laughs) off i would say the best way to ensure your success is to make sure you're having fun or right. faking it. hundred percent. Right. It's not really yeah. faking it, but like really have fun. Yeah, because for sure. Because for me, it's even more more than fun. You know, like life for most of us is hard. Yes. I'm right. a single father of three young I, children. I saw that. That's amazing. Like, wow. and, yeah. you know, that's a lot doing it by myself Hell with yeah. help. My mother helps me and I have right. nannies, but it's still a lot. Right. And I now view the podcast as an escape also. Right. Not right. only is it fun, but it's an escape. And it's something that I deeply look forward to every single week. So if you guys view this like that and not just Ugh, a job or like, oh, do I really have to do this? Yeah. Like it, it should be fun and it should be just like a really wonderful, magical time. I right. think I so think- if it is that, your your viewers and listeners will 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 feel that. So Perez, uh, why do you think you've lasted this long? Because, you know, like I said, I'm crazy. (laughs) You belong on this fucking show to crazy. I I just made a video, you know, like, because I'm crazy in, in terms of it's, I I really think this is true. I, I do not believe that most people would be willing to do all of the things that I do every day. I have like an unhealthy work ethic. Have you always been like that? Like, have you been like that from from the no. get go or did it just? No, it's the opposite of how I was growing up. I, I sort of coasted all the way through yeah, I know that middle school, yeah, high yeah, school, same here. college, meaning I put in minimal effort and would get A's. I'm the same <laughs> way. I, you're a true Aries, dude. You my classmate, my classmates hated me because I was a kid out partying, doing all that shit, but still would make a B plus or A minus. Yo, that's yeah, the, that's I so would, it's so ironic. You guys are saying that because I put in minimal effort and I was a D minus. <laughs> yeah, I was just about to say <laughs> I, I, just, I put minimal know, effort and I, got so, the exact opposite. But I'm proud. But, but I'm yeah. proud to say I must be an overachiever in life. Then you know what I mean. So, so yeah, and I would I would wait until like literally midnight, the morning a paper was due. It's study or writing. writing. Yeah, I'm, I was the same. Yeah. I was the exact same but, way. But then now as an adult, I'm the opposite of that to an extreme. And I think what it was for me is you know I was lucky to grow up very very middle middle class, not upper middle class, 
not poor either, but middle class. And then when I started to achieve a little bit of success, it was like a drug. Yeah, you want more. I'm like, oh my god, I I got I need I need more of this. Right. And the only way that I could think of to get more of it was to work insanely hard to try to get more. Right. So when did it become real for you? Like as a blogger, what was that thing that happened? And you said, hold on for a second. I could really do this shit for real. I think it really became real, real, maybe three years into me blogging, because at that point, things had gotten so big that I was in need of help. Mm. And I reached out to my mom and my sister and I said, hey, how do you guys feel if you move from Miami and move to Los Angeles and you guys work with me? And when I was able to turn my little hobby into something that not only supported me, but also supported my family, that's when it became real. And that's also when I started to work even harder because it's like the pressure starts to mount, the responsibilities, all of these people depending on me. Now I've got my mom and sister and three kids that that's five people who depend on me. Right. Wow. So, um, yeah, it's a lot. Well, you, you were crushing it, man. Yeah, I actually man. saw it. And I'm going to ask you a question about it as well. But I saw that you were doing like 50000 a week back like 15 years ago. So that is really, you start to get a little bit of custom to a lifestyle and generating that income. Yeah. And then you see other people like Just Jared, other people coming around. They're kind of trying to take a bite out of that. What's amazing is a lot of people don't know how to transition and evolve and you did that you found a way to stay relevant and to change the game a little bit right so you know you have to reinvent yourself and then you and I'm constantly reinventing myself right but i'm saying I... even look at the way you look man you look i'm not saying you weren't a good looking cat back in the day but you're lean as shit right now i can't believe it man you, you know I, I think i look like a hot mess right now but um but you know you it's know, a I... good look for you man you look healthy you know i, and, I grew so. up in the 80s uh, a closeted gay boy in Miami obsessed with Madonna. Right. So, you know, like that incredible work ethic, I I, I thank my parents for that and right. Madonna because I grew up listening right. to Madonna saying, I'm not the prettiest, I'm not the best dancer, I'm not the best singer, but I work harder than everybody else. Right. Yeah. And I made that my mantra. Right. And, you know, she also was the queen of reinvention. Yeah. And right. I made that my mantra as well from the very beginning of my career, whether it just be like changing my hair color all the time back in the day to, you know, acting as well, right. to, re- to releasing books, to, you know, uh, another great inspiration of mine is the late great Joan Rivers who did everything and I think you know I I released a memoir last year and in that book I talk about a lot of the mistakes that I made in my past in those early years yeah I was going to ask you about that actually because I I watched in just checking you out prior to this I saw this interview with you and Tamron Hall and I was yeah. like, man, you know what? And that was like three or four years ago. And it was prior to a lot of what's going on. And I believe it was like at least three years ago, right? That was prior to no, like... last year. It was last only year. last year? Okay, because I yeah. thought it would like preceded a lot of like the kind of cancel culture, woke, you know, movement stuff. And I felt like it was, you know, on top of being a mea culpa, but I thought it was an amazing um, kind of... The, the way you articulated... How, how much more self-aware you are now than then really spoke to me because we all fucking graduate. Everybody graduates 
with chapters. Well, not everybody. The, <laughs> no, but with, yeah, it's true. But 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 even if you die, even if you maybe recede a little bit in certain areas, there's something to be learned. But I, you point taken. Not everybody looks at what's going on and, and learns from it. But clearly, you have. I have. I've done a million clubhouse rooms where people fire questions at me and Doug Allen about have you made Entourage in the Boys Club, yada, yada, yada. I think that world still exists out there with yeah. kids. You're not going to change the way fucking 20-year-olds are. But that's whatever. You know, maybe a little bit. Maybe they'll be a little bit different. But I just thought that was incredible the way you spoke about it. So, you know, I, I didn't want to cut you off mid-thought. You're obviously going to continue on that by saying that there is a redemptive kind of, you know... I would hope so. I mean, this is one of the things that I talk about in therapy all the time right. <laughs> with my therapist, you know, like I know that I've changed. I know I'm a different person. And despite that, it's my perception and it might not be the truth, but I think it is the overwhelming majority of people don't want to let me grow and evolve and be this new iteration of myself they want to keep me i believe in this that box. I, I don't think it's paranoia yeah, i think no. that yeah, they, they they want to keep me in this box kind yeah. of like a jail cell of course and, because they're sending you out to do their fucking dirty work yeah. right i mean like they sit home with schadenfreude they want to see you out people put people on blast you know rip people and they sit home and enjoy it but it's just not who you want to be anymore as a human being and then i imagine a lot of that a lot of that transformation was inspired by the fact that you have children I mean, I think it changed well, me. I, the, I have a five-year-old son. I know what it did to me. So yeah. for even me. before that, you know, it was also getting healthier and right. you know finding a direct correlation between the healthier I became, the happier I became. And that's not to say that I was miserable. And that's how I first started to view it. And only now, in the last seven months of really getting into therapy, did I realize. I've also had to begin to heal and like, Oh God, now it sounds so stupid, but it's true. Like, you know, I suffered severe trauma when I was young, right. both my dad and my grandfather who lived with me, they both died a week apart oh, wow. when I was just 15 years old. My grandfather is still really traumatic because he lived with me. He was more than just a grandfather. Right. And my dad, even more so because that was unexpected. He had an aneurysm and only in the last seven months have I started to realize so much of what I did in my past was me lashing out at yeah. the world, at what I perceived were injustices. Right, right, like, yeah, and, right. and it was my place to wield the sword and, and, and fight and, and cut people down if they were pricks or whatever it was. And I'm like, no, that's not your place. You don't have to do that. Like, right. yeah. like everybody, and, and we don't really even know what other people are going through. Like I definitely, you know, like I did an interview for our documentary a couple of weeks ago and I, uh, it hasn't come out yet for, you know, there, there's a ton of documentaries being made now about the early 2000s and about people during that era. Yeah. And I slipped up for a second and I referred to somebody as a hot mess. And I don't even use that term anymore because, you know, instead of saying that, I, I now say, now that person was really struggling. That right, person right, is dealing right, with a right, lot of things. Right, right. yeah, and right. it's true, you know, just trying to be more compassionate, yeah, compassionate and understanding. Exactly. And, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, You've been yeah, through man. it all, man. Yeah, I mean, it's, you, they told us today that you got a you know memoir coming out, TMI, My Life and Scandal. And I was like, oh, that's 
That's perfect. It's out. Perez, oh, it's out, right? And I was like, it's perfect because Perez has been through it all, you know. And I'm, you know, tell us more about TMI. I love it, and you can also get the audio version if you're, nice. you know, a, you're not a, a reader. Parent. Yeah, <laughs> if, you, if you want to listen to it in your car, um, it's like an extended podcast, oh. and. Um, I'm really proud of it because I worked really hard on it and uh, people really have been receptive. And what what I think was most surprising was I almost didn't even want to include any of my early life, you know, like my dad's death and growing up closeted in Miami and the children of immig- the child of immigrants and all of that stuff because I thought that would be boring. You know, I was like, let's just start in 2004 when I begin my career. And, you know, my publisher insisted, they're like, no, 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 this is important. So I put it in there and people loved that, perhaps even the most, maybe because it's the most relatable, Mm -hmm. universal, like, you know, story that I shared about, you know, how my mother made me cry because she didn't like a gift that I gave her. Like sometimes people relate to those things. And um, yeah. Yeah, so I, I think there's something for everybody there. Check, check out Alice. This, oh, sorry, Perez. Our, our producer's holding his fucking laptop. His fingers just went numb, wait, man. No, wait, he no. took his hand <laughs> off. He started doing this with his hands. It's all shaky. This is gonna look. This is great video work, Alistair. This guy's fucking. His arms went numb. Hey, man. A couple quick questions, and then we're gonna let you go. We know you're busy, but old Hollywood or new Hollywood? And when I say old Hollywood, I'm talking 2000. Versus now, obviously, I know which one was better for the kind of, you know, the, 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 the creation of conversation. But what, what do you think? Uh, you like the evolution? Do you, what, what do you miss about the way it was 20 years ago versus the way it is today, if anything at all? Or do you just think it's absolutely perfect right now? The landscape. I'm going right to go with New Hollywood only because I'm not one of those people that is afraid of or upset by change. change right. I it. embrace it and you need to right, or right, else yeah. you're going to become irrelevant. Yeah. Right. Uh, I loved, you know, the golden era of gossip as I called it before right. I started talking about all of these influencers. Now I talk about stupid Jake Paul right. or stupid Logan Paul and all <laughs> these stupid people and I do it, but I and I and I'm happy to do it because you know they're like the new reality TV star. You know, right. back in the day when I first started, right. it was all about the cast of The Hills or all right. about the cast of Jersey Shore. I mean, the the Hills crew for about two years they were on the cover of Us Weekly right. and People right. every single week. Absolutely. And now it's just the influencers that have taken yep. over that because they're more willing to. Play but the they part. give they give you a shit ton of content, man. They give you a exactly. lot. They, they yeah. give you a lot to unpack. Yeah. You know. I mean, what I do miss, you know, I I I just made a video today. I, I do it all. So I have my podcast, my website, social media. I have two YouTube channels. So I uploaded a video today for my family YouTube channel where I just I constantly. I'm on the verge of quitting right. <laughs> of like just having a, a breakdown, a meltdown. Cause I just, I still work so hard. You'll never quit. Never. You're one of those guys. I, I could tell man. I know. I love what I do, yeah. but here's what I was going to get at. The thing that I miss the most were like, I, I hate that Instagram has a swipe up right. because that just, that takes so much time. Like I can very quickly and easily 
tweet a link out to a story of mine on Twitter or post a link on Facebook, but going through those steps to promote content on Instagram, that takes so much right. time. I haven't yeah. done it yet. I got to yeah. try yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You yeah, it did a swipe love, up today. Yeah, I don't know yeah. how to fucking do that. <laughs> I love creating content. Yeah. I love sharing. I love entertaining people. Yeah. But I, I, I this might shock people, but I hate promotion i yeah i don't i don't know how to do that shit either but i I love like i direct so i love setting shots all i really use is my ig story everything else i don't know how to fucking use but i guess i'm gonna learn if we're gonna get this out to the world you know so i got i got a quick question before we go i'm afraid i gotta i I gotta so you know there's this new trend of like bringing back old shows are there any talks of doing an entourage (laughs) yeah you know it's been like that's been the biggest conversation now not the biggest conversation in the world but at least internally on our end it's been a huge conversation since clubhouse right and then doug and kevin dylan and kevin connelly started victory the podcast right and like Mm -hmm. people would be like oh bring the show back bring the show back Here's my thoughts on it. I don't think it's ever going to fucking happen. But, like, that's, <laughs> that's my opinion on it. Uh, I think Adrian's been pretty vocal that he doesn't want to do it. He hasn't even done the podcast, which the yeah, guy's over. He's in Texas now. Right, he's, he's in Texas. He's, he just, he's not interested in doing it. So I guess there is some universe in which Vince could have died, but you're kind of <laughs> like, now you're like, what? <laughs> now you got three guys who can't get dinner reservations? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. What's that's the, 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 what's, what's the, the fucking angle show, be, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? So, uh, but I love all the actors on that. I think, like, you know, maybe down the road there's some kind of little reunion thing. But I can but see the that. reality that is, man, see. you know, I'm super proud of Entourage, uh, obviously. And, and it really changed my life. Like, I, I was a young filmmaker who did well. I felt like I was persona non grata. And, like, I wasn't getting opportunities after being super hot. And Entourage brought my career back. So I'll always be grateful to Doug and Lev and Mark and everybody, you know, that I was involved with in doing that show. But I also think it's, you know, it's kind of in the past. If we did it, it would have to, it would reflect today's world. You know, it's just a, it's a different, it's a different, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, but it also wasn't as big as Friends either. Right. Yeah. I mean, we gotta find a way to work together because I'm trying to do more acting. Fuck yeah, oh, man. There we go. So yeah. we, we never had you on the show. I was just thinking, no. that, that's fucking weird, man. I, I was looking at like, why isn't this guy me. ever on the fucking show? That's weird, man. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe somebody was mad at you. I don't know. It was amazing. <laughs> Probably. I think it might have been Jeremy Piven. <laughs> right. Maybe it might have been. You know, it might have been. Fuck that guy. So who knows? <laughs> you never know. You never know. You know. Yo, Perez. Thank you so much. Stay well, man. Thank you. Have a good one. Awesome, you, brother. Man. Thank, Thank you, brother. Thank you, man. Thanks. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Alistair, you can put your arms down. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Yo, you got be... your workout. You're going to wake yeah. up with some biceps yeah. tomorrow, Alistair. Hey, y'all good? Hey, hey, there he is. Big shot, Rob. Yeah, yeah. How you doing, Robert? Thank you so much for taking the time to hang out with us today. Sean Chase. You know, Rob Weiss. O'Neal McKnight. You been working out, Robert? You're looking, you're looking good, man. You're looking... You know, little little buff there. What's going on? <laughs> I'm I'm working out, but I'm not. The funny thing about that is I'm not lifting anything heavy anymore. Really? I'm, <laughs> Yo, I'm just trying just trying to stay fit, man. I'm just trying to stay in the gym and do what I can to try to not look like Barkley. <laughs> there you go. There you Yo, go. did you did you you hit fifty? Right? Are you fifty now? Yeah, I'm 50. I'll be 51 this year. I'll be 51 in August. Yeah, I hit 52, man. You, you, you're right. You're right on target, bro. It's the light weights, you know, or the or yeah. the moderate weights. But you got to do like the 
few days away. It's a little bit of MMA and light cardio. I heard, I heard light, I heard, yeah, but you got to go light. I heard like, I heard if you do too much cardio as you get older and I don't listen, I don't know the veracity of it, but I heard if you do too much cardio as a man, as you get older, you create more estrogen in yourself. Really? Really? I've never heard that That's why I just see like these dudes who are chubby running in Equinox and they just keep running and running and running and they just keep getting like, you know. I don't know. Interesting. They're not. They're not getting. That. They're not getting skinny. We'll have man. to get. We'll have to get one of the sports doctors to, uh, yeah, to concur that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's funny. So I mean, how 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 often do you get stopped? You know, when you're when you're out and about, and people people are like, "Hey, big shot, Rob, the the most clutch, you know, game winning player of all time." I mean, it's. You know, I, I don't get stopped that much, you know, due to the mask. So yeah, I've been the last hat. year. Yeah, so all you seeing is this right here. <laughs> so not many people know who I am. But um, you know, it's it, before the pandemic hit, and the only time I would get noticed when I go to Vegas, and that's when I wanted to get noticed so I can get free drinks. Yeah, <laughs> <there you laughs> <are>. <laughs> yeah. that's funny. That's it's, funny. It's, it's it's weird now. A lot of kids are starting to recognize it. Right. It's just the adults and. Uh, little kid in the neighborhood is riding his bike he almost fails hey you're big shot bob yeah oh man you live in the neighborhood i didn't know that i'm like wow so now every time i see him he throws his hand up and every day i see him he's with a different friend so he's bringing one by yeah he's, one he's bragging one. about he's it saying, he's the coolest kid I'm in the block now because yeah. he's got everyone coming over to me that's funny who so uh, yeah. you know who coined the nickname big shot was it shaq no, no, you know, man, I, that's, I, it's got to be law. It that's happened, law it happened it's when I was lockets, in Houston. Right? Yeah. Um, I, I, it was Craig Kilborn who actually. Craig Kilborn, okay. He did yeah. one, uh, one game, and it was like Big Shot Bob, and it just went from there. That's um, funny. Yo, it's pretty yeah, It's pretty sick to have. around, right? And then next thing you know, it, that, that became my name, like Big Shot. You know, yeah. So. <laughs> nice. How are you, you always know, you able. You get a nickname that's not anointed by yourself. Someone right. gives you the big Someone, name. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's, I'm happy Yo, it's I a know, good one. I know a lot of motherfuckers who nickname themselves, man. Really? I <laughs> and I got friends who talk about themselves in the third person. And those motherfuckers. Oh, we I'm have a friend that does that. They know exactly yeah, who they, 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 yeah, they yeah, are, yeah, man. Absolutely. Listen, They'll be like, so and so don't do that. Hey, listen, I'm from South Carolina, so half of my cousins gave themselves nicknames. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shorty Wop, Shorty Low, everything. Little Baby, 35 years old, still going to Baby, Little Man. Uh, My nickname is Man. My nickname is Man. My my grandmother called me Man because I wore uh, a big belt. My belt was yeah. too big for me, so my nickname is Man. So I understand. I just, I just think it's funny when like all the motherfuckers add an IE on their name, man. Because I was out <laughs> to dinner. I was out to dinner. I was out to dinner with some newscaster talking some bullshit years ago, and some dude came up from my neighbor and he's like, "Hi, I'm Stevie." And the guy looked at him, newscaster said. What are you like, fucking a forty-five-year-old Stevie? Are you fucking serious? And it's nah, I don't know. I think that shit's funny, man. But I was gonna stick with Rob, and yeah, I got the same name as you, bro. I'm just gonna keep it real fucking. Yeah, we got two Robs. If though, if I had a chance to go back, like precincts, I, I made a movie, man. I made an indie when I was in my early twenties, and it was before the fucking internet. But had I known they're gonna be always Rob Weiss motherfuckers popping out there. Like this sex expert, Rob yeah, yeah, Weiss, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the president that. of the Fuse Channel, Rob Weiss. Weiss. Had I known that, I would have been Rob with like three Bs, or I would have been Weiss with like four Ss, you know what I mean? And they'd be like, oh, no, no, it's Rob with three Bs, you know? And they'd be like, yeah, it'd be Rob, some bullshit like that, you know? Yo, I think the difference is when you said like people recognize you, the crazy thing, you know, that makes you so different is that you are a hero 
in three different for three yeah. different teams, yeah. man. You got championships yeah. with three different teams. So those are three different cities you could fucking live in and be a god. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it's, versus, it's not and it's yeah. not even it's not even like how versus it is nowadays. Person, and like yeah. nowadays you got guys like ring chasing. Like they'll, they'll they'll win championships, but they Rob was like in, a major figure in those three teams winning those championships. Absolutely. There's no one's ever been able to do it, even come close to replicate it. I mean you got LeBron, he's one with you know, three teams, but like that's that's the only other guy I can think of. I mean, it's have you always have you always been? LeBron won with the Heat. Yeah, he won with the Heat. Yeah, he won. Yeah, he won. That's pretty sick, man. Four, yeah. four guys that have um, on three different teams. John Sally was actually the first guy to do it. You know, he had the Bad Boys, then he went to the Bulls, and he went to with me with the Lakers. But I told I tell him all the time, yours don't count because you didn't play when we was with us. Yeah, <laughs> he did it. I remember. I was I was young. My dad, you know, we watched games. Me, my dad, and my brother. But I remember. Sally, you know, people, he was a fan favorite, but he wasn't getting many minutes at that, at that point. I remember that. You know, and Danny, Danny Green also. Now, he has the Spurs. Danny Green, that's right. Yeah, you know, Toronto, uh, Atlanta, you know, I had so. I had my thoughts on how much he contributed the, last year. But... <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, I mean, what do you, know, you think, we'll see, man? Yeah. Yeah. The NBA is growing and growing and growing, man. When I was a kid, it wasn't nearly, obviously, as close to popular as it is now. Yeah. The, the culture of it has exploded. Where do you think it's going and what is, what is the difference of where you think it came from? In terms of how it, it, it seems to affect culture so much. It's crazy. Um, NBA at one point, it, it, it affected, you know, fashion, um, the way you wore your hair, tattoos. You yeah. Know. Everybody was like, oh, Allen Iverson with the tattoos. No, it was like Dennis Rodman would come with the tattoos. Right. And, I fucking oh, love you know, Rodman. Yeah. <laughs> When everybody started rocking the headbands, like it's called a Portland, you know, that's when Portland was winning the whole team right. wearing headbands. Yep. And I don't know if this is true or not, but there's a story that the guys who wore headbands were the guys who smoked weed, and that's why they wore headbands. <laughs> and so, you know, there's so many things that happen. You think about with the baggy shorts of MJ because he wanted to hide his North Carolina shorts. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's so many fashion things that started with the NBA, and for me. I was just happy to be a part of it because they think that's an elite group. Yeah. Um, it's only when I played, it was only twelve guys. Right, it was right. Twelve guys on the team. Now you got fifteen, and you got and, G leagues, and they got like minor league teams that they keep bumping yeah, up and down. Yeah. It's yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it, it was it, the NBA was it was it was, it was a trendsetter, and right. I think why is because we're the only sport where you can get up close and personal right. with the player. Think yeah. about it. You yeah. court side seats. Right. There's no court side seats in, right. in football right. or, or baseball. You know, and think about it. The closest you can get is hockey, but let you still have a screen right. between you and the players, and that's right. the closest sport you can think about. Right. So we were just one of those – I think that's why we were that trend-setting sport because people could really relate to – they could – they could see us grunting on the court. They can. They could see us yeah. cussing on the court. They yes. could see us fighting right. on the court. And so many things you can you can see and you can reach out and touch. But the game has changed a lot. Um, yeah. It went from a rough and tough game to a smooth and silky game. And I, I think the game is just going to keep evolving. Right. But I will say this: I am so happy that the rules committee is going to 
look at these fouls that all these guys are getting because that's just oh, getting me too. Because, yeah, it's gotten yeah. out of it's gotten out of control. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's. I, I was looking at the foul that Trey Young. That Trey, I, was, I don't want to say Trey Young. I was going to say there's one guy in particular dude, that's really dude, leading man, that two charge feet in front of Trey Young, but Trey Young still jumped into backwards. The foul yeah, I don't. I was. Yeah, it makes no that sense. That is the worst thing, and, and that's the thing about basketball that these guys, are, you know, they're so freaking talented. They are. They're that, creative, and I feel like Harden's one of the guys that started that you know he started coming with these creative loophole moves that and then he'd be like yo don't blame me like i'm just being creative and i'm evolving the game you know it was this one guy deadlift shrimp right seattle he would duck on and put his arms straight out and go through your arm yeah for me he was the first person i came across that did that but he only did that when he was in the paint and he couldn't do that on the out on on the perimeter because that was your space and now they're taking the defender's space away where, you know, you can't even put your arms out now. If you go through my arms, I'm like, hold on. When did I lose my space? When do I lose my, my area? And right. now, you know, you don't have the area. And that's why, right. the, you know, there's so many points now being scored and guys are afraid to play defense. Now you see guys, right. as soon as they start guarding somebody, they the throw their hands back. Yeah. Like, I don't want <laughs> yeah. And it's given – and now all these guys are scoring all these points, and they're happy about it. I'm like, man, come on. And man, they're, they're, you know? the thing that bothers me is they're breaking, like, scoring records. And I'm like, the game is not that – it's easier to score 50 today than it ever was. Like, you know, and, I mean, I yeah, remember last year, like, Jamal Murray. Baseball, man. They if you took the game yeah. three they changed the ball. and only made two, man, we would have looked at you like you was crazy. Exactly. Like, what the hell is going on with Now guys will shoot three for ten and think they're fucking good. I'm like, yeah, are you serious? Dude, that yeah. sucks, man. This ain't baseball. Exactly. 300 is good, and that yeah. ain't good in baseball. You know, but and, and that's You'll just see how a it fast is, break, man. the guy pulls up and shoots a three. There's no one in front of him. I mean, I've, just, I've never yeah. seen anything like it. Yeah, but, but, you know, the thing I like about it, though, is now the NBA um, – is allowing these guys to be themselves. Um, when I play, you you you, know, you can't even have right. a, a shoe with three or four of different course. colors, and you had to yep. have two different colors, and that was it. Now guys get to you know wear different shoes, which is great for the, the, the shoe companies, um, and it's great for the guys that have their own individual shoes. Think about it. Jordan got fined for having you know black and red shoes right. with no white in. It. I'm yeah. like, are you serious? You know, and you gotta you had to have white in it. Yeah. And David Stern was really strict about. But I like Adam Silver. Oh, Adam Silver has been the yeah, greatest great. thing to happen yeah, to the great. league. Yeah, amazing. I mean, he cares about the players. You know, he's yeah. he's a player yeah. first mentality, and I and I I think the league. You know, I mean, I was a little opposed for the season starting, so I knew that we were going to be in this predicament right now, where all the superstars are injured, and you know. But you know it is it is what it is. But hopefully, I heard next season it's going to be back on track for the you know the way it was. But my whole thing is, you think about it. This right now is when basketball is supposed to end in June. Exactly. Right. End in June. Think about it. It was I just saw where I think it was twenty seven years ago with the OJ chase. Wow. Was it? Yeah, and that was started with the day, and that's when I wore my first championship. Championship. That's nuts. They interrupted it. Walking in the locker room at halftime. And you, you know, you had a little. They, we didn't have all this sophisticated yeah, stuff. Yeah, You had a little TV in the corner, and we walking by. And I'm looking like, is that OJ's Bronco? Oh, and then you got God. the chase going on, and we got, and we sitting in the locker room looking at the TV, and Rudy comes in and turns the TV. All right, get focused. You know, we got to watch that. <laughs> we all looking at the OJ chase. You know, wow, <laughs> so, oh, wow. That was 27 years ago. Now, yeah, now I can't believe it, man. That's, that's nuts. Yeah. I was in New York visiting a friend. That's yeah, fucking so nuts. I still remember that night. The game has changed. The game is still fun. Though. I love it is to watch. fun. Yeah, me too. I'm I'm a die. Where so yeah. so all the commentating you do in the pod, 
like when you're you know I did a show Ballers a big part of it a big component thematically is about life after professional sports right like mm -hmm. right. the transition mm -hmm. when when you're winding down the career one two questions in nine parts just kidding yo <laughs> like, do you know you're winding down the career or are other people telling you you're winding down the career and at what point do you start thinking about the future? Do you start saying to yourself, like, I got a lot of gas left in my tank. I got a lot left I want to say. And a lot Rob of was energy. still winning championships down at the very end. So I think with him, he was just like, he went he went to like the Mayweather route. He's like, yo, I'm tired of whooping all you guys every year. I'm going to hang it up, give someone else a chance. But it is like, you know, it, it, you know, just the, some, sometimes it's the details of the contract negotiations and different things that make people go like, you know, this isn't exactly what I want or this isn't, you know, I, I, the way I want the future to look. So for, for me, I knew like I had I signed one more deal with the Spurs. And after we won the championship in 2007, I was like, man, do I really want to keep playing? And then 2008 hit and we were playing and I was like, oh, shit, I still got the love for it. And as the season went on, I started getting all these, you know, the nips, did not play. And I think for me, my body just started saying, you know, we can't do the start right. and stop stuff. Right. It's right. not you. You got to continue to play. And I think for me, I used to go and tell Popman, yo, let me play. I'm fine. No, you need to rest. You need to rest. I'm like, no, I don't. I will tell you when I need to rest. Right. Don't tell me what my body needs. And for me, my, my, my body got all out of whack. It didn't right. know what it was coming or going. Gotcha. And then... And when we got in the playoffs and then I started getting did not plays in the playoffs, right when I was about to break the record for the most playoff games, I lost I, I lost my love for the game. I like I don't want right, to do man. this way. I'm sitting on the bench. It's not me. Right, you know, I'm not right. gonna just sit up and just draw a check and be here. I gotta be participating. Right. Yeah. And then also I had other things going on in my world with my daughter being really sick and you and and you had these things pulling at you where, yo, I made a lot of money. I made some good investments. Um do I really need this? Right. Do I really want to do this? You know, I don't want to be somewhere on the road and I don't get home and, and I, I don't, you know, I'm not there for my daughter. So for me, I just say, I'm out. I'm yeah. out. I could have played probably, you know, two more years right. if I wanted to yeah. physically. You know, I could have been on someone's team, been an ML car, waving my flag and being that inspirational voice in the locker room. <laughs> right, yeah. But that just, that just wasn't me. Right. And yeah. so, and for me, after I retired, I was happy I did because so many, you know, uh, I was there for my daughter when she had to go into the hospital for a long period of time. I was I was able to be there every day, not worrying about okay, am I going to keep my job? Right, right. And and on the, on the lighter side of that, I got to see my son score his first touchdown in oh, football. Wow. I got to, and the biggest thing I got to see him make his game a game winning shot in a game. Yeah, there we go. He ran, he, yeah, he ran to me. Said I did it just like you, Dad, and that, and it brought <laughs> tears to my eyes. Wow, there are moments like that that people don't understand as a basketball player, you gone so much. Right. And it ain't the same seeing that shit, you know, via FaceTime or your, your right. wife or your significant records and you miss it. You know, you need to be there live. And I was able to see this stuff live and it made me realize like, damn, I mean, I was missing out a lot, right. you know, yeah. when I was being yeah. on the road and because my family didn't live with me because of right. my daughter's condition, they had to stay in Houston because all her doctors were there. Right. And so for me, I missed a lot of moments in my children's life and, and 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 it and it hit me hard when I was able to you know be there for a couple of those moments. I said, man, I should retire after 2007. I should just right. say, fuck it, I'm out. Because right. I yeah. knew Pop would have said, okay, you can go. I got another position. You still get paid and whatever. But you know I me, mean? I still had a lot of love for the game, and, yeah. and that's the hard part when you love something yeah. so much. Yeah. 
it's hard, you know, to, hard to walk away from it. Yeah, right. it's really hard to let yeah, go. Yeah, but it sounds like ultimately, you know, I was still, I was still playing up until the pandemic, you know, because I just had love for the game. I wasn't right. playing hard, but I was just out there yeah. for the competition and the fellowship and just, you know, hanging out. So yeah. it, it, it's hard to leave something you love in that because, you know, it's a business, but you start playing basketball for love and then right. it carries over into a business. And, and if that business turns sour and pushes you out the door, and it, it, it can it can be enough for me it was just time I, right. I knew it was time because of things going on off the court that was more meaningful than basketball to me and that was my right. kids that's amazing man wow. it's amazing wow. self-awareness yeah. you know i'm a dad to a five-year-old boy i totally get it man i got to spend really like way more quality time with him during the pandemic and now i try to like give most of my free time to you know to spend with my son you know share him with uh his mother so it's he's not always with me but but yeah. I totally, uh, but but I but I hear exactly what you're saying, man. And Robert, thanks thanks for giving us time today, man. You know, any any parting words for us guys? Like we're, we're launching a pod. <laughs> you know, we're just launching this thing. Like we don't you're know you're what the our fuck debut episode, brother. What we're doing. You know what I mean? It's our debut. Exactly, it's our debut. It's just you know. You know what? When you got three cool cats like you, you don't really need advice. Just enjoy, man, and just have fun talking because there's a lot of people out there that I've heard that. I'd be in the gym and it's like, man, I love your podcast. And one guy was like, oh, I love the podcast with Mario Elliott. It just came out. I'm like, dude, do you even know who Mario Elliott is? I'm like, yeah, I love old school basketball. And so just, you know, in, just talk, man. Just be yourself, man. And, yeah. and that's what the, a lot of people, they tell me, we like the realness of it. You don't try to be, you know, this high polluting, educated. Just, you know, yeah, well, I, I, don't, I don't have any of that. So, you know what I mean? So, I, I got no choice but to keep it real because I don't even know how to fake it. Keep it 100, Rob. Keep it 100. Yeah, you know what I mean? I'm not an actor, man. I'm just a writer. You're from South Carolina. What part of South Carolina? Uh, my family's from uh, uh, Sumter, South Carolina, right out of Columbia. Dude, come on, man. Come on. Now. You, I don't even think you know this. My family's from South Carolina. Oh, wow. What part? I'm from I'm from Mount Pleasant. Uh, Dude. My my uncle caught a DUI in Mount Pleasant, so I know Mount Pleasant <laughs> very well. We had to go get him. <laughs> Mount Pleasant, I spent I spent all my summers because my dad was from Mount Pleasant, so I spent all my summers there and had a good time there fishing and hanging out. Yeah, and going down to Charleston and doing all this. You know, I took my my current wife. I took her to. Um, Charleston, you know, Charleston is a very beautiful country. I don't know if you two guys ever been there. I've been to North Carolina, man. I spent a summer in Wilmington, Wrightsville Beach. That shit was fucking beautiful. Charleston is beautiful. Charleston, Hilton Head, all that is beautiful. So, you know, you got Juneteenth coming up. So, I took it to, I took it to where all the slaves were coming in. You know, they have it like a little, little, little um, walkthrough store now. And my wife, eyes, you know, she's Mexican. And she's never left California. She's left California, but she's never been to the South. Right. Yeah. And for her to see this, like, yeah, they used to line the slaves up right here. You should wow. see how big her eyes got. Yeah. Right. They still have this up. I said, yeah, in the South, you know, everything's historical. They don't want to tear it down. They don't want to tear it down. But I thought <laughs> they're taking it down, man. I thought that was yeah. the whole big thing. Well, I mean, the, down the, Robert e. Lee the, the, shit the Confederate and flags and yeah. some of those statues, they're taking yeah. down. But Charleston was just such a, a, a major port where they brought in the slaves. They said in yeah. Charleston, South Carolina, you know, they saw over three million slaves yeah. come through there. I told, I think I told you the story yesterday, man. That's I want to meet up Robert's time, but yeah. I, I went. To- it's like it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a lot of history in South Carolina. You think about it. If you, my last name is, you know, we have Horry County in South Carolina. Yep, that's where wow. um, um, everybody goes to the beach down there. And so here's a, one more funny story for you guys. The son that that, that made the, the um, game winning shot. We went down to Myrtle Beach for a family reunion. Yeah. <laughs> and 
he rolled through Myrtle Beach, right? I think he was like six or seven years old at the time. And I see him looking around with this puzzled look on his face. Uh-huh. He, finally, we stop at a stop, a, a stop sign. He looks at me like, Dad, do we own all of this? I'm like, what? Said, everything has Ori. Everything has Ori on it. Do we own all this? I'm like, dude, first of all, if we own all of this, we wouldn't be rolling no damn rental car. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, you should have told him. You should have told him who owned who owned your family owned that that part of town. He was like, but it has our last name on it. I'm like, no, it don't work that way. It so don't work that way. Wow, that's crazy. Wow. Well, man, yeah, listen, funny, listen, Robert. Man. Thank you so much for joining us, yeah, man. Yeah, appreciate your time, man. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today, Rob. Stay, you got to come back again soon. Stay well, brother. And thanks hey, for the great I'm stories, you, man. Because I know what it's like to, you know, have those days when you're like, damn, we need somebody to shoot shit with. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, for <laughs> sure, man. For sure. All right. Thank you, brother. All appreciate right, you, my man. Thank you. Take care. Peace out. Oh, look at all the stand. Look at the arms. Push us, bro. Light work, light work. Let's give the camera how your arms feeling now. Yeah, he's gonna tomorrow. They're gonna be sore. Wait till we see the fucking camera work. I hope you recorded something off of that. You know, like uh, that because that was picking up the angle for us, and so was that obviously. Yeah, but but I don't think you you set to record on that. So you know, when you look at all three guys, all three of them are incredibly open. You know, all willing to be transparent about yeah. certain things. A lot of energy, big personalities. Yeah. You know, and I think, um, you know, I think I'll just hope that we fucking sound like that. You know what I mean? But yeah, I, know, yeah, yeah, I hope that you know we can. We I'm can just happy that we could. Birthday, as they were. birthday, and then South Carolina. So just well, because you're into all this numerology shit. Yeah, you should yeah. already tell me how much money I'm going to make off this fucking pod. <laughs> Just I'm by not, running numbers, bro. Yeah, this fucking guy. This guy should have a chart laid out. He should be like, "Yo, by 2023, you're gonna bank X amount on your birthday." Just fucking lay it all out, man. Yeah, I wish I understood that shit. You know, I just try to like, I try. To, I know, I know good vibes from bad vibes. Yeah, That's yeah, it. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Unfortunately, I recognize good vibes very fucking fast. But a lot of times it takes like months and months yeah. for me to process bad vibes. I'm like, yo, is this motherfucker bad vibes yeah. or am I crazy? Which, by the way, we should get into it, you know, because people. I love how Perez started the whole thing. He goes, I'm crazy. I'm like, yeah. that's the trailer right yeah. there. Ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, exactly. It kind of is because so we all have the fucking cray. Like yeah. everybody's got the cray Everybody. in some way. And it's not, and and part of when we started talking about this, you know, we should do the before rap. I don't know how we're going to fucking cut all this together, but we should, this should obviously be the post interview Interview. portion. And then we'll go and do the beginning interview and do shit fucking out of sequence. We do it Tarantino style. It's all out of place. What do you mean? Everything I shoot is fucking out of sequence. Of course. Crazy story about the word Cray. Kanye and Jay-Z was working on the Watch the Throne album in the Hudson Hotel. And so... Uh, uh, niggas in Paris Jay-Z didn't like the concept of ball so hard that shit cray and so Jay-Z didn't understand cray he didn't like it he didn't feel like it fit the song and Kanye was like shit is cray he's like I'm fucking cray right. and he was like motherfuckers like acronyms motherfuckers like yeah. shit that they can right. say yeah. half of a word right. and I remember he was in the room and he was like that shit cray right. he kept saying it and Jay-Z you know, was like I don't, I don't get it 
But once he got it, when that arena was sold out and everybody he dropped that beat, was like, right. fall so hard, that shit crazy. Oh, yeah. I mean, you that, know what I mean? Yeah, so when, exactly. you, when you said the name of the show, I was like, all this shit is so serendipitous. Yeah. How it all lines the I felt like, up. you know, when we started talking about doing the show, it was like, we're coming out of this pandemic, right? And I'm seeing crazy in ways I've never seen crazy. And I'm not talking about legitimate mental health issues. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. Because there's a lot of that. I'm talking about just randos that yeah. are fucking crazy. Just I'm crazy. talking like... I told Sean, I said, man, I feel like I'm in a fucking zombie movie where motherfuckers are coming at me and I'm like... Yo, that scammers just keep yeah. coming like I'm left like, yeah. Scammers, yeah. Yeah. hustlers, yeah. liars, just bonker motherfuckers coming at me left and right and I'm like bobbing and weaving. Yeah. It wasn't like that before the pandemic. So I'm like, a couple things either happened, right? People went into lockdown... They got in touch with family. They got in touch with values. They self-reflected. They got in touch with themselves, their health, and taking care of themselves. Or people went into lockdown and went fucking crazy. And went fucking crazy. So, right, they made the wrong choices. They put on 40 pounds. They drank every day. They depleted all their funds. Like, they just... Well, again, listen, man. I, I'm definitely coming out of the lockdown poorer than I went into it. We are. Like, most people. Yeah. Like, yeah. everybody. Yeah. Yeah. everybody. Yeah. That's just, everybody. That's just the way fucking life it is. Yeah. You know yeah. Yeah. I wasn't collecting unemployment, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was just fucking sitting there going like, oh, shit. Oh, this shit's the end before I fucking end, right? Yeah. But I think that, you know, we're living in some fucking crazy times. And, um, and I, think, I think a lot of people got a chance to really uh, meet their mental health face to face right who didn't know it because my cousin like i said andre god bless who died he called me one night during the pandemic and he was like i was like hello he was just quiet he was like yo he was like i think i suffer from depression and he was like do niggas get depressed and i was like yeah i said we just gotta deal with a lot of shit bro i never had depression until until this pandemic yeah oh i never i never felt like you know Am I depressed? Am I depressed? Yeah. And, and it's hard to, like, put your finger on why. I mean, I'm a product of, like, probably 14, 15 years of therapy through my life. Yeah. But, you know, so I'm super self-aware and I can look at shit. But I've definitely, definitely experienced it also. But, you know, I mean, you know. It's, it's, it's real. It, yeah. I mean, there's a, listen, you know, again, you know, everybody's got the cray to some degree. You know what I mean? And everybody right. has their idiosyncrasies. And and little things about them that they're working on or they'd like to change. So, you know, I think our thing for the show was not to be, like, super serious about it, but was to kind of, like, destigmatize yes. the cray. Yeah. Because we all cray and yeah. the world's fucking People cray. People should feel comfortable just, coming here yeah. talking about being crazy. And 100% not, and- crazy moments, crazy stories. Yeah. I mean, look at the fucking news. Only now would you have like, oh, the U.S. government, um, alien, you know, UFOs and aliens and shit. Yeah, they fucking say it's, and nobody cares. Yeah, nobody. Because it's not even the craziest it's shit. It's not the craziest shit. I was like, when they said that now the, the the government has announced and said that UFOs and extraterrestrials really exist, it took and we over. didn't give a fuck. It became fuck. one of the main topics. Really, I feel like ever oh, no. since they did that. All I hear is UFOs. Well, I got a fucking... Yeah, I think it's opposite. I think I, I it was mean, like... Nobody I cares. Think it was, yeah, I don't think anybody gives a fuck. Nobody I think it was fuck. like on Clubhouse, we would have Stephen Greer in there and rooms we would do, and he would talk about UFOs. I'm not even a UFO guy. I'm not a I'm sci-fi a guy. guy. I'm not even... Well, obviously. See, I, know, I never cared about it, but yeah. now I feel like I hear but it. But I don't even watch sci-fi shit. I only seen the original Star Wars. I never saw any of the other ones. People talk to me about Star Wars characters. 
I don't even know what the yeah, fuck they're the, talking about. Yeah, because the alien life form is very quick to pitch in Star Wars. I'm having an anxiety attack. But what I'm saying is, like, I don't know. You got Darth Vader out there threatening. Like, people were super, super into it. But what I'm saying is, it's not... Like, I feel like if 10 years ago... They said it, it would yes, admit more. Everybody Obviously, everywhere would was, be like there's this. There's so much more distraction right, now. It's now just like, 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 right, oh, cool. is, is, you know, yeah. COVID biological? Was it weaponized? Is, it's just... Yeah. Yeah. Put the, po- the politics. Theory. Anytime of the a celebrity passes away, there's conspiracy <laughs> theories. Took him out. Did you hear they took him out? I'm like, dude, what do you mean? Right. Stories, stories change too fast. You know what I mean? The the actual stories travel super fast, and new ones are coming and coming and coming and coming. You can't. The 24 hour news cycle. cycle. Everyone knows that. Yeah, yeah. It's like we don't talk about UFOs or wet markets. Like what? What if right. gonna there talk was about? this? It's it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Did an episode about that where they're like. You could say the worst thing ever. There's a 24-hour news cycle. Like, but that's not the true. Next day, that's not true. Well, this came you, out like a you two, hope, three years you ago. Hope, you hope. You hope. This came out the 24 like years ago before Let me tell you something. Harvey Weinstein, years, when that yeah. shit dropped on Harvey that was Weinstein, Harvey Weinstein, he was going, it's a 24-hour news cycle. Yeah, yeah, it, it ain't. It you ain't. know what I mean? Not anymore. When your story anymore. drops, when your story drops, that's what you look for. You go... Should we get into crisis control, you know, and all of that shit? And then you look and you go, okay, it's 24 hours, starting to die down. It's when it gets picked up and picked up and yeah, picked up. Like, re- like yeah, the Chrissy Teigen shit. I don't want to turn this into a fucking gossip show. Oh, about the guy, the, the guy who had like a nervous breakdown or something? He well, that was like- the Michael Costello shit. But originally, Chrissy Teigen got called out by that girl, right? Courtney Stodden, right? And then you go, I'm sure she's sitting there going like, nobody's going to give a fuck. It's going to go away. And really... Most people, most, um, I won't say sites because some of them are still mags, like, you know what I mean? But most of them did not pick up that story, obviously, because they have relationships with Chrissy Deegan, but they didn't pick it up, but it didn't go away. It didn't go away. And it, it just it lingered. Right. It, it, it kept, it was like a snowball. It kept it, getting bigger. My wife was And they kept hitting her Instagram. Yep. And it kept building a building until finally it broke through. Then more people came out. Mm-hmm. I think it's also maybe because just, just. Like the audience, the fans out there always kind of suspected that. Like, oh, you know, maybe she is a bully. Like that if like if Dwayne Johnson, someone comes and accuses Dwayne Johnson of being a bully, no one's gonna believe it. They're like, dude, the guy's a saint. He's like yeah, the, yeah. you know. But with well, there's certain people where you kind of oh, dude, maybe I'm, see it here and there or you hear dude, about it. So when it happens, all you'll my see friends it pick up steam. Dude, I, I got a whole group of friends yeah. who are who are makeup artists, hair people, that's all they talk about. Yeah. It was like, this is yeah, because they fucking know. She's a bully. She's a bully. Yeah, there's a reason why. Oh, they say that about Chrissy. No, oh, Chrissy Teigen. Yeah, all my friends who are in like that fashion, hair, makeup world, it's like she's the worst person. Yeah, I heard crazy she, shit about. They're like, she damn near want to get her makeup day, but, done, but not use her own face. Like, yeah. don't touch me. That was it's awesome. not, yeah, not a bad first episode, right? We did get, you, dude. I got you were fucking amazing. No, you were fucking amazing. No, you're fucking awesome. Man. I think yeah. we can all agree that yeah, I sure. was fucking amazing. Okay, okay. For, but, sure. You know. for sure. Your beard is it amazing. Does, it doesn't <laughs> work <laughs> as well when you compliment yourself. You got to wait for <laughs> yeah. the go. Yeah. We had to turn to you and say, yeah. but uh, it, yo, go full circle. Yo, much gratitude to the three amazing guests we had. Definitely. Right? Adam Thank you for the donating some some awesome items for us to put on the store. You know, also be be sure to check out the Cray store on Mercari, hashtag shop the Cray. We'll have some really cool of uh, some really cool products that the team gave us. Uh, yeah, we said it show. before, you know, all the proceeds uh, go to charity, the benefit yep. uh, Children's Hospital of of LA and you know, and we have to thank Mercari for building out that store for us and supporting right. us. So and, dope. 
in the endeavor and um the store is now live so be sure to check it out and uh what do we got next week we got we got we're back in here next week with ashley benson right yeah i believe ashley's oh, in nice. there but you know this i think this will be the danger of this but fuck it let's roll the dice about ashley showing up Tell she's us. a homie i fucking love her okay. there's no way i want to post will. this this week no because you know by the time we post this Ashley will or will not have been in the studio. So there we go. Because one one week out, but yeah, Ashley Benson's gonna come in. Nice. She might or might not take us on a little, t- you know, tour in New York City, so we can see with our own eyes. There we go. Yeah. What it's looking like over there, and uh, hell yeah, man! I'm looking forward to getting into more of these, chopping it up with some really cool guests. And Shout out to our amazing team, by the way, that's helping keep us. Oh afloat fucking poor Alistair, man! He had to run. Alistair, dude. <laughs> I think he had to go for physical therapy from holding the laptop. Steve, Brandon, Raphael, yes. thank you guys so much. Thank you guys so yeah, much. Awesome Looking forward crew. to have you guys here with us every week as we delve into the world of the cray. The cray. The cray. The fucking cray. Crazy Just world. the fucking cray. Crazy times. All right.